Change in the Air is a new film releasing October 19th that you won't want to miss. A peaceful community is forever changed when a mysterious young woman moves in. As the quirky locals embrace her, their lives soon improve, but they can't help notice that their strange new neighbor has a secret. Change in the Air will release in select theaters and on digital on October 19th. Go to changeintheairmovie.com to see if the film is playing near you or purchase or rent it the day it comes out. Change in the Air in theaters and on digital October 19th. This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Your host, Felice Gerwitz, is an author, a publisher, and your radio show host. She will encourage, educate, and inspire you with answers to your most pressing questions from homeschool, marriage, parenting, and much more. Felice loves to equip moms to live a Christian life because every moment counts. Be sure to visit her website at MediaAngels.com. And here's your host, Felice Gerwitz. Hey everyone and welcome. This is Felice Gerwitz with an episode of Vintage Homeschool Moms. Today we are going to talk about 15 stress-free homeschool tips. So these are tips that are going to be focused on your homeschooling and um, I think they'll really help. So these are tips that I came up with um, after many years of homeschooling. But before we get into that, I want to say we are celebrating our fifth birthday as a network. Um, I have been so blessed to see what God has done um, for us in in this uh, uh, kind of project we took on so many years ago. I didn't really uh, know a whole lot about podcasting other than having podcasted somewhere else that took care of everything for me. So I really wanted to venture off and have a podcast network that was specifically for homeschoolers. And so... I was really blessed when I asked some of my friends and they said yes. So it was exciting. So every year to celebrate that momentous occasion, we have a birthday party and this year is no different. So we asked some of our friends um, if they would kind of come alongside us and give you guys some awesome homeschool related gifts. And that's what we did. So let's just listen as I share with you some of our sponsors. I want to give a big shout out to our special sponsors for the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network's big birthday celebration. The first is Not Grass History Curriculum. Longtime homeschool family has created a study that allows you to have children work independently or in groups. It provides narrative lessons from primary sources with a Christian worldview. Visit history.notgrass.com for more information, and that is history.notgrass.com for more information. A big shout out to my friend Kim Kautzer and writeshop.com that helps new and veteran homeschoolers alike teach writing with confidence. Presents the building blocks of pre-writing, brainstorming, writing and revising, helping students of all ages embrace the writing process. Visit writeshop.com for more information. Thanks to True North Homeschool Academy that is committed to excellence in academics precisely because of their traditional biblical faith. 
In fact, their faith is what informs and drives everything else they do. Their academic team consists of experienced educators and homeschoolers who are committed to bringing quality academics and a solid Judeo-Christian worldview to your online classroom. Check out truenorthhomeschoolacademy.com. And big shout out to Maggie Hogan, who began Bright Ideas Press many years ago. From history to humanities, chemistry to calculus, they're ready to support you with online classes and curriculum you can trust from a Christian worldview. Visit what they have to offer this year at brightideaspress.com. They are there to serve you. You can also call them at 877-492-8081 and tell them you heard about them on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network on Vintage Homeschool Moms. Thanks to Luma Learning, another homeschool-run company. They offer online classes by instructors with a biblical worldview. Whether for yourself or your student, Luma Learn simplifies your search for quality online classes. Because Luma Learn has gathered Christian teachers into one covenant marketplace, you'll spend less time scouring the internet and more time enjoying life. You can find more information at lumalearn.com. That's L-U-M-A-L-E-A-R-N.com. Thanks so much to all of our wonderful sponsors. You have really blessed me by joining alongside us for our birthday celebration. Well, now that you know who our sponsors are, if you are listening to this during our um, October 2018 giveaway, do check out our giveaways page. And just so you know, we have giveaways every month. We give away a free printable, and this month is no different. I believe it's about 55 pages long with helpful information for you for things that you can do in October. And I decided to do a stress-free theme because while homeschooling is wonderful, homeschooling can be stressful, um, especially when I turn the corner and I see, oh my gosh, you know, November's coming in December. And so what I wanted to share with you were just some things that you can do in your own homeschool every day um, to kind of take care of some of the things that happen, um, you know, without us even planning for it, and also with our little ones around. And I did a podcast on um, just identifying those things that are stressful, and I have a little quiz for mom. So I will put a link uh, to that podcast in uh, the show notes here, and hopefully that will help you. I believe it's podcast 299. Um, but you can check that out on VintageHomeschoolMoms.com. Also, if you're in the car, no worries. Uh, just go to VintageHomeschoolMoms.com. Look for episode 301, 15 Stress-Free Homeschool Tips, and you will find all the show notes there. Well, some of us can work around clutter that surrounds us, and we can still focus and get the job done. Others, not so much. Everything has to be in its place. And one of my children, um, and this used to be me, um, unfortunately, I've kind of changed until I can ignore the clutter, but um, one of my kids used to say, I can't think when everything is a mess. And you know, where I work, and I, I've been working on this, moms, 
for I can't even tell you how many years, but I am kind of getting, I'm a recovered um, stacker of things. I found places where they need to go or get thrown out. And believe me, I've been throwing out a lot of stuff that we just don't need anymore. In fact, just the thought of cleaning up the clutter can stress us. I've learned some tried and true ideas and ways to keep the stress level down, as well as some amazing tips that I hope will help you on a daily basis. Remember, friends, one of the reasons to homeschool is to experience and really dive into subjects that matter to you and your children. It's a chance for you and your children to learn um, at their own pace. You know, I learned along with my kids. I was horrible in geography before I began homeschooling, and I'm much better at it now. Same thing with history. That was just not a subject I remembered anything about. So I learned along with them. And for two of my children, that meant taking two years to finish one high school math text. For another of my children, it meant writing three adventure novels that I published through my company, Media Angels, and I've talked to you guys about the Truth Seekers mystery series before. And for another, it meant, or the other two, it meant dual enrollment. And they got credits before high school. In fact, one of my children who was 18... Um, entered college as a junior. So not, you know, the reason I'm sharing this is one size does not fit all. And as my kids would say, one size does not fit most either. It is time to enjoy your children. Use what works best for you. Hopefully these 15 ideas will trigger some things for you. Again, don't worry about it. The um, show notes are on uh, VintageHomeschoolMoms.com, episode 301, 15 Stress-Free Homeschool Tips. And so um, hopefully this will help you. And remember, these are from all of my years of homeschooling. These are things that worked and things that didn't. So, Or I didn't actually list the things that didn't. And hopefully... Um, you know, for me, it was important to continue with my vision and purpose for homeschooling. And we look for things that help us along the way. And I really do pray this podcast is helpful to you. Okay, let's get started. The first thing is look around. And this is going to be my first tip. Clutter leads to stress. It really does. So look around and just kind of make either a mental note or if you're like me and need to jot it down, go ahead and do that. And just look at the areas. I'm not saying do anything right this second, but just look at the areas that may need some work. And what I'm going to recommend here is that you take 5, 10, maybe 15 minutes a day and just work on some of that area. So it may take months. I mean, some things are going to take longer, some things are going to be shorter. But like one of the things that... I always did in, um, you know, kind of like in a routine, really helped me a lot. So like, for example, I never could fit in a Bible study. So what I ended up doing was getting up a little bit earlier. And yes, I was exhausted, but getting that cup of coffee and going into my room and pulling out my Bible revitalized me for the day. And what after I finished my Bible reading, and wrote my wrote in my journal, then I would fix my bed. So every time I went into my room, guess what, ladies? It looked great because my bed was made. So just little things like that. You can have routines that you set up to do certain things. Of course, 
chore charts and things like that are great for your kids. And if you get any of the printables, um, every month I have a printable for you on chore charts that is really um, great. It's kind of, it's a little bit fancier than the one I used. It wasn't as pretty as the one I made for the printable, um, but you'll enjoy that. The second greatest invention ever were those dry erase boards. Now they have markers that don't smell so bad. I swear those dry erase markers used to give me headaches. So, you know, each kid should have their own little dry erase board. And that means that they can do some of their spelling. Um, They can, you know, doodle if they want to. They can draw. Um, It depends on your child. But for me, I let my kids um, draw if they wanted to while I was I was teaching um, or reading something. So if I was reading um, a book that went along with our history or a a book that not so much with science, I wanted them more to take notes, I'd draw things on the board and then have them copy. But um, And I had a huge chalkboard to begin with and then went to marker board. But for me, um, the little dry erase boards were such a, a godsend because there wasn't so much paper around. Uh, So that was great. And now we have every cell phone has a a camera so you can take a picture of it. So, um, you know, it's electronic and it's great. The third is an electric pencil sharpener. I cannot tell you how much help this was to me. And this is like one of my favorite homeschool tips because for years we had the little, you know, the ones that you stick the pencil in and you, and you, you know, you, you turn it, you twirl it to sharpen. And those are great if you're going somewhere and you have to have a kid who has the perfectly sharp pencil. You know, of course I had one of those. I had one of just about everything. And, um, yeah, with the, Pencil, the electric pencil sharpener doesn't have to be an expensive one. You know, we just got ours at the office place in town and we had ours for years. And then at some point we got a fancier one and you know what? That didn't even work as well. So um, it just keeps the mess down and it's great. The fourth is um, pencil erasers and hand erasers. Again, one of those things, of course, everybody has that. No, everybody doesn't have it. And do you know how many pencils um, don't have erasers even in this house now that I'm, I've am i completed my homeschool journey? I cannot tell you. Uh, so that is something um, that is really important because that eraser is going to get worn down and kids get really frustrated if they can't erase things cleanly and clearly. So um, that's something that's, um, uh, to me, like a godsend to have. Um, The fifth is each child has their own coloring pencils, crayons, and markers. And I know we're on a budget, and I know we want to teach our kids to share, but every year at the beginning of the school year, they used to get their own sets of things. And, you know, sometimes they they borrowed each other's if they couldn't find a specific color or whatever. But that taught them such responsibility, and that was theirs, their own little thing. And they're not, you know, super expensive if you uh, shop sales. So that was, um, again, I could just tell the kids, keep it, you know, with your... Your desk, which is the next thing, each child has either an individual tote if you don't have a specific schoolroom, and sometimes if you do, even that, that's a good idea, um, or an individual bin or individual desks. Now, we ended up finding these desks that opened up from the top, so they kind of were slanted down a little bit. They were big. They actually had kind of a marker board surface to it, 
and you could open the lid of it and put your books underneath. Again, one of the best things I ever found. Um, I don't see them around. Like I remember seeing one at the office place, and we even got one at a, uh, like a, um, I don't know, regular department store kind of a place. And so um, we had two of those, um, but it worked so well. Because whenever we went to a flat surface where we kind of did all of our work together, like a big table, um, there was just a big mess everywhere. And it got cluttered and it really was stressful. The seventh is to shelve your books in subjects. I did not do this very well until my second oldest child, the one who wrote the novels with me, Christina, got old enough to get married, move out of the house, and then come back and be this amazing help to me. Uh, so she came back and took, we, we took, I don't even know if it was a weekend or, but we took all of our books and shelved them. And then as my kids got older and I was keeping specific books for her, I put them on specific shelves where she could come get them and then see, like we just did another um, purge of my homeschool shelves and she went through some of the books that she thought she would want and the rest we gave away. So again, um, you know, shelve your books and subjects. Then when you um, are ready for the next year, like if you have a child, I had one that finished curriculum um fairly early. So I would just have know exactly where the next year book was and I could give it to him. So if you get all your books in ahead of time, um, that helps. If you don't, you know, obviously you're going to have to take some time and order them. And it just makes it so easy to be able to find those books. And it's really helpful. And I guess because I homeschooled for so many years, I had books that I could pass down to my kids. But a lot of times you can go to use book sales and things like that and find books. Um, that you can use for additional years, especially if you like a specific curriculum and it's working for you. A lot of times we did um, an eclectic approach to homeschooling, so um, our our items were um, definitely varied, and I would keep things um, in the hopes of maybe using it. And if I didn't, you know, it was time to get rid of it. So I'm happy uh, to say that you know we're slowly uh, winding down here. I uh, keep notebooks and a sampling of completed work, which you should do every year. And what I did with my kids is we took the big notebook where everything was going to go work samples. And it was on top of the, I ended up buying them these, um, which I, I don't even think is one of my points, but I bought them um, these shelves that have those little, they're probably, let's see, there's three across and three down, so they're a square, and you've seen them everywhere because um, they're really cute, and they have the little soft-sided uh, drawers. Well, on top of that, because otherwise they were going to clutter it with everything else, right? And it didn't look bad because it was either an open notebook or a closed notebook, but that was all that was allowed to be on top. So we'd open the notebook, and we would take work samples, and I had a three-punch hole uh, puncher, which also is not on my list, and you know I probably could have made this list like 20 things. And um, I don't know if, if it is on my list. I don't remember. <laughs> I haven't gotten there yet. And I was able to... Um, you know, get their stuff in there that I was going to keep for next year. So at the end of the school year, it's not this big hassle of, of keeping your work contemporaneously. Now, those those are our rules um, here in Florida. So we have to have work samples. You may not. So, you know, just kind of check. 
The eighth or the ninth is plan educational movie days. Now, I have to say, we did not abuse this because um, we did, while well, we actually didn't have cable for about the first seven to eight years of homeschooling, so it was great. We only got a few channels. So we did a whole lot of reading, but I had days that I would plan and then. If something happened, I had that to fall back on. So sometimes that movie didn't get added and we would do it at the like our end of the year. So when I'm trying to get things together or when we were going to take a break for Christmas or um, Thanksgiving, I had those movies ready to go that the kids could watch. And I had all these great series. Nest is wonderful um, for getting these series, but I had a whole series on inventors and I had a series on... Um, you know, great Americans, um, and it, it was it was really great. So, some of them were religious based movies. So, whatever um, you do, and then I also had a page that I used with the children to just check their. Um, you know, kind of like their understanding of what they watched, and I asked them a few questions. Um, so that was really great, and I believe that was in one of my printables um, a few months ago. And I'll make a little note here to put it in the November printable. So if you're listening to this um, in a timely fashion, it will be in there. But it just really helped for me, um, you know. So that it's again something you can put in your. Um, notebook if you want to, to keep at the end of the year. Now, this notebook is not something that's their notebook. This is a notebook that just has a little bit from every subject that's a sample of their work. The 10th thing is extracurricular sports and lessons. I will tell you, I am a convert to this because I didn't do a lot of extracurricular things when I was growing up. Uh, My husband played sports, so that was a hard sell for me. But um, two of my kids have gotten college scholarships based on their athletic abilities. So it has converted me. um, And I've sat on many softball and baseball fields through the years. However, um, extracurricular activities really give the kids something to look forward to that's outside of their daily lessons. And I think that's important. My daughter has a wonderful homeschooler who comes to her home once a week and teaches the children piano lessons at a really good price. So it's just things like that that you may want to consider. The 11th is listen to the podcast on Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network, like Homeschool Sanity. She's got a huge amount of tips. Helen Melanie Young um, have some great advice um, on parenting and Peaceful Mom Talk. Um, that has a that's actually a new podcast. It only airs once a month, but already she's getting um, rave reviews. And of course, this show. There there are lots of other favorites, like, um, you know, I can go through the whole list of every single podcast on here, Um, but like we have specific podcasts that talk to specific things, like we have a podcast for high schoolers, Um, the high school, the homeschool high school podcast, I may have that around, we have one that's on college prep, so that's um, college prep genius, and we have others that are on parenting or homeopathy. Um, and I'm just going from memory. So I, sorry, podcasters, if I for, have forgotten you here, uh, Mommy Jammies Night. There's a ton of episodes on there that you can um, listen to that are uh, from some of the big names in the homeschool world. You know, Kim Kautzer is actually one of our sponsors with Right Shop. She's got. 
um, on there. She's got a couple of um, interviews that she's done with me and Mommy Jammy. So you'll want to check that out. The 12th thing is a backup plan. I had a folder of printables just for times when I needed something to keep the kids busy um, or when I was working with someone else, I could pull something out if they'd finished earlier. Um, this was something that really, really worked for us. And I had just a little bin that had hanging folders and I just have different things from different subjects and grades. I know if you have a lot of kids, it's a lot, but you can also do something fun. Like I had a printable on how to make or origami. I had another printable on paper airplanes. The problem with those kinds of things is you need to remove those children from the child you're working with because all they want to do is go and, you know, play um, with their their siblings. But those are the things that you can do that are super awesome and they're fun and the kids love them. The thirteenth thing is a support group. In real life, groups are very, very, very important because it's somebody you can go sit and talk to while the kids are in the playground playing. Uh, you can watch your children. You can be at the swing with the little ones, and you've got your kids around you, and you get to be chatting with a friend. Um, for me, the support groups were the reason that I stayed homeschooling uh, for many years, um, and I think that it was very, very helpful. Not so much when my kids were in high school because um, they were so involved with uh, so many other things, but uh, when they were younger, it was definitely important. I know there was a lot of, of high school groups. With my first two, we actually had a high school Bible study, and we had a group that got together every once in a while. Um, with my last three, they had so much interaction with friends. We didn't need anything else, and they were involved with with church things. So that took care of that. Uh, Fourteen is field trips. Field trips are so important. Now, here in Florida, we're blessed to have a lot of things nearby. And my daughter just went to the Ringling Museum and Arts, and there are some wonderful paintings that are there. It's, um, you know, has a lot of stuff from the time that the Ringlings um, had their circus. And I don't know if they still do, they may. But it was an amazing um, field trip. And I didn't go this last time I was actually supposed to go, but I didn't. And I wish I had because um, I would have loved to, um, you know, join them on that because it would have brought back lots of memories. But the kids absolutely loved it. And each of them had a different thing they liked. So it was really cool to listen to them afterwards. And of course, I do have a printable um, for field trips, and um, that was something I used with them. You don't have to make everything school. My kids accuse me of doing that. You can just go and enjoy yourself. But for me, if my kids know that I'm going to ask them some questions afterwards, they're not going to just be giggling with their friends, which is fine, and that's a good thing to have you know their, their friends that they're there with. But it also makes them think, you know, what is my takeaway? You know, I would say to them, like, what what are one or two things you really liked? And we would talk about it in the car coming home. So it just kind of solidified, you know, the, the event we went to, and it was just great. So we had about four to five field trips every year. We had a nature study uh, that we did once a month um, that I feel, feel like it wasn't quite a field trip because we went so often. Um, we have the Ding Darling um, Center in on Sanibel, and we went to the Sanibel Nature Center. So 
we had a wonderful gentleman who worked with the homeschoolers. And so we'd go out all the time. My kids knew about native vegetation. They knew all about the tortoises and the snakes and everything else that was there. And we just paid a small fee and we were able to go once a month. And they so looked forward to it. And they really um, love nature from those trips. The 15th thing is something we don't do, but we always did this when I was a teacher, and that is we have teacher planning days. So some people take like a two-week off, um, especially if you're doing unit studies. That was kind of the norm. And in those two weeks, the kids would do fun things. So like they would do some projects they wanted to do or um, art kind of things like clay sculptures or something that would take more time that they didn't have time to do within the homeschool time. And so the kids are working around you and maybe, you know, you're having to help them a little bit, but I use that time for planning, for researching things online. Another thing is, you know, if you can get dad or a friend uh, to take the kids for, you know, the afternoon or even a day and get some things done, then that is great. So there you have it. My 15 things, and I thought about a few more, you know, but I'm going to limit it to that because, I mean, there could be so many things with just so many little um, things that worked out, like a laminator. And, you know, I told you about the hole punch thing, um, which I will add to the show notes. But, um, you know, as I kept thinking about it, I was thinking about, you know, like what are the main things that were tried and true, and the kids love. Not everybody needs a laminator. Not everybody needs a whole uh, three-hole punch. Um, it's kind of one of those things you almost have to have with homeschooling. And, you know, I had one of those big staplers, too, because my kids made all these books. Uh, that's something else that's going to be in the November printable. I'm going to put a template in there um, because my kids wrote uh, little books, and they weren't very long, you know, maybe... Um, six pages and I it was just a folded piece of paper some sta- it's stapled but I'm going to give you a really kind of cool template that you can use um, so that your kid you can just print it out and use it with your children if you do it double-sided it works best and of course the bigger stapler was very very handy I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I hope you are celebrating with us uh, during our birthday month. If not, uh, catch us every October when we have our, our birthday month. And also, I want you to thank our sponsors. Our sponsors are what keep us doing what we do. Our network has really, really grown. And truthfully, I would never... Um, be able to afford the cost of this network without our wonderful sponsors. It has been such a blessing to grow, uh, to have new podcasts. We've got two great new podcasts that are on uh, the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. And I would recommend that you go to the FAQ page. I created a short video where you can see our new podcasts and um, a little bit about each of our podcasts. Take care, everyone. God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Visit Felice at MediaAngels.com and TheVintageHomeschoolMoms.com. Vintage Homeschool Moms is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.